This podcast is brought to you by Church Society, a fellowship contending to reform and renew the Church of England in biblical faith. You'll find more information about Church Society and all the things that we do on our website, churchsociety.org. You'll also find there the full archive of the podcast. Well, hello and welcome to the Church Society podcast. Uh, I'm George Crowder. I'm one of the regional directors of Church Society. Uh, My little patch is the north of England. And with me today is Mark Glue. Mark, great to have you. Oh, thank you, George. It's great to be with you and um, great to be able to serve and record the podcast in this way. Yeah, it's good. Uh, for those of you who are probably not aware, we're, we're here we're looking at each other on Zoom, uh, just <laughs> enjoying a little bit of time out from ministry. Mark, tell us a little bit uh, about your ministry. Yeah, thank you. Um, I, so I serve in the east of Manchester in a little place called Horton Green. And if you were being, uh, you know, if, if we were trying to big up Horton Green, we'd say it's where the city meets the uh, peaks. Um, so... Uh, yeah, but it, it really, it's a um, it was a farming community, then became a mining mill community, um, and now is sort of a mix of old village and new um, Manchester overspill estate. So it's got a real mix of people. Um, we really enjoy being here, and I've been here serving as the minister at St Mary's for four years. So it's like the ultimate in in fringe ministry you've got. <laughs> yeah, exactly. You're on the fringe. That's great. Yeah. Mark, what are you going to talk to us about today? Well, I'm going to talk to you about, um, well, talk to us about establishing a serving church. Um, I was asked to give a seminar on, um, uh, as part of a conference on healthy churches, and they wanted me to give a seminar on establishing a serving church. And so really what we're thinking about is establishing church that serves in a healthy way that's great i I think that's i can't think of a church that doesn't need to hear that mark so yeah (laughs) (laughs) i'm looking forward to uh to hearing about it uh uh, please uh, get us started how how are you um are you going to get started thinking about this all right well i i i was thinking george i'd ask you actually what do you think um what do you think it looks like on the ground let's say you walk into your church um building on a sunday morning and uh, how or someone does how could someone tell whether a church was serving in a healthy way um, do you think i, I, Just I, I know someone well who would say the quality of the coffee <laughs> yes yeah, yeah. yeah. serving <laughs> good healthy coffee yeah, yeah. good exactly but, but, yeah. But, but, <laughs> I, right. I, in fact some people make such a big deal of that um, but uh, yeah. the thing i think i hear quite a lot is um they hate it if nobody talks to them. If you just feel like there's all these little groups uh, yeah. and, and they're all almost like impenetrable uh, and you're standing there thinking, you know, where, where, where do I start? I, I don't know. I don't know. But, you know, I think it, it's not definitely not that, isn't it? It's a yeah. way you feel like you can sort of feel relaxed uh, and feel, yeah. sort of you feel welcome. Uh, you feel that you're not. You know, on the other extreme, if, if people sort of pounce on you and start sort of pummeling you for details about your life, it, that, that, yes. that's a bit stressy too, isn't it? So, <laughs> yeah, so not exactly. that. So, somewhere in between those two extremes. <laughs> yeah, well, I think that's right. I, so I'm calling it service with a smile. I know it's a bit cheesy as a strap line, but if anyone, if people come away from this, um, uh, listening to this, 
podcast thinking service with a smile how can we help our church family serve with a smile um that'll be that'll be most of the way there of what i'm trying to say um today so it's not service with a forced smile um but it's (laughs) it's service that comes from a deep well of joy in christ that's what we're after and it expresses itself in love so just like you were saying george the welcome team welcomes you in and they're not pummeling you for details how you can serve them but they're genuinely interested in you even in that split moment you can tell just from the smile on their face and the look in their eyes they are genuinely interested in you and uh, you go in and church family members are not just in their little little groups chatting amongst themselves but they're looking out for others looking out for those who um uh, who might be by themselves, and they gently introduce themselves. Um, people genuinely asking how you are and gen- genuinely wanting to know. Uh, we, you might have the music group playing uh, or preparing for the service, and they play with um, they play with the joy that's welling up inside them out of thankfulness for what Jesus has done. And the people uh, the people at the front leading or preaching or praying, leading prayers, well, they're doing it humbly before God rather than proudly before people. And it's, it's that kind of thing um, that we're going to tease out. Um, so, but let me, let me first just sort of um, tell you about a little bit of a journey I went through in thinking through this. Mm-hmm. Uh, so I was asked to do this, um, this seminar and immediately I started thinking, ah, right, how can we get everyone to use their kind of their gifts and their, their time uh, to God's glory? And I started thinking of, well, we could do a time and talent oh, survey. Yeah. We could do... <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yeah. I did sort of think, oh. <laughs> I know. And, and then I started thinking, how do I put a, together a time and talent survey? And then, I, you know, I got a few examples or whatever. And then I thought, um, but hang on, for youth and children's ministry, you know, if we put out this time and talent survey that says tick the box if you're interested in youth and children's ministry, are people going to think that they're automatically going to get the chance to do it? Mm. Maybe they're not appropriate for it so then i've got to tap people on the shoulder and then i'm thinking about how best to find and train up new leaders um yeah i wonder if you thought like that a bit too maybe not yourself george you're uh, uh, no, no, a bit, no, bit no, sharp on that but no, no, it's, it's it's it always seems like like all ministry seems to be some kind of minefield but yeah, yeah. exactly that I, i'm wanting to encourage the right people to think about it but there's always that worry that the wrong people would uh, sort of muscle forward and say no this god's called me to do this and you mustn't stop me and you think how do i handle that one without yes. discouraging them greatly in their walk with god yeah and, yeah and, and, and so yeah a, a million possible scenarios go around in my head and keep me awake at night so if that's what you're envisaging yes I, i've been I, i'm there yeah good well not good but yeah i mean i've thought like that too what's kind of what's the best program to put in place what's the best plan um but actually what got me thinking uh, got me to take uh, well a couple of things got me to take a step back first of uh was thinking about um sunday gatherings uh, for quite a number of the churches that i've been a part of um and, you know, we might well have worked hard at getting people serving. So the right people with the right gifts doing the right roles. But even so, you wouldn't have necessarily thought of the service as healthy. So I think of myself. I mean, I might be walking to church and uh, it's only a short distance. But already I'm trudging and I'm not 
and I'm, there's no there's no kind of bounce in my step. I'm trudging. I walk in weary on a Sunday morning, even if I've got good sleep. I'm feeling war torn from ministering through the pandemic, um, and that's whether you're a vicar or a lay person, you're ex- just exhausted at the thought of serving on another Sunday. And it's not the physical exhaustion; it's the emotional exhaustion. Almost praying, please just get me through another Sunday, Lord. Just get me through this yeah, I don't until pray Sunday that. night. That's where I pray. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. Lord, yeah. Just, just this once. Just get me through it. Every week. <laughs> Every week. Exactly right. And, um, you know, you might come in and you glance at the music group. And, yeah, they're playing well. Nothing wrong with their music, the music, but there's, they're just looking glum. Um, you come in and the youth ministry team are they cutting out for the for the next you know the craft for that morning, and they're just in silence, or um, uh, I don't know someone's come early maybe the bus timetable's changed, they're sitting in the congregation. I have an early comer. I don't know if I don't know yeah. every church has one. Comes <laughs> an hour <laughs> early and sits there wow. in the same place, make sure the place yeah. is that well, that's the place they're sitting. No one else is getting to sit in that place. <laughs> Wow, you've got an early comer. Yeah, we've got an early comer. I think 45 minutes. So I think uh, your one beats out. But but no one's talking to them. And, you know, there might be someone setting up tea and, t- tea and coffee and uh, we might have the best coffee in the world. But it's bitter because no one's no one's talking to each other. Um, and so that's what I... Uh, so I moved from my thinking of you could have all the right people in all the right places with all the right gifts, but actually still not be a healthy ch- serving church. Um. And as I was sort of thinking this through, I went for a walk with another church society um, member and uh, he's a member of our church family. Always a good idea. Uh, Exactly. (laughs) Always a good idea. Always a good idea. Um, And after speaking to him, I realised that you can have uh, you can have everyone serving, right people, the right gifts, right amount of time, serving in the right roles. And instead of service that helps, you have service that hinders. And service that hinders is service, but it's not service with a smile because there is no passion and there's no joy. And to anyone coming into that atmosphere, well, they don't they don't think, wow, God is glorious. They think, wow, God is a hard taskmaster, Hmm. taskmaster, not a loving father. And we talk a lot about freedom and forgiveness and grace. But then we mope around as if we're oppressed by a slave driver. Mm. So programs and plans might get people serving, but it's what in what's in our hearts mm. that makes for healthy service that helps, not unhealthy service that hinders. Mm. So we're not going to look at programs and plans. We'll talk briefly about them at the end. We're just going to think about what's in our hearts, warm our hearts mm. for healthy service. Does that sound good? Uh, that sounds great. What my heart, right. Mark. <laughs> and it might mean that we 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 smile on Sunday. All right. So how do we get service with a smile? Well, we just said at the heart of healthy service is the human heart. Um, and to change to service that helps, we need to examine our hearts. And to do that, we go to the X-ray machine of God's word, illuminated by spirit. So, George, um, where might you think you might go in the Bible to check the attitude of your heart when you're thinking about service? What springs to mind? Uh, well, I'm a reflective sort, so I tend to go for the Psalms for anything. Ah, brilliant. Or lately, because I've been, late, you know, like all of us, feeling a bit, oof, 
uh, mm. this is all a bit too much. I, I, I end up in Jeremiah. Um, yeah. Because <laughs> <laughs> it's just, uh, it's so cathartic. Yeah, and, yeah. Uh, so uh, I find I find the sort of you know his his narratives and then his you know uh, yeah his, sort of, his personal reflections or, or or places like Isaiah forty nine ever read that you know of all I've laboured so hard it's all been for nothing oh yeah. <laughs> and, and, but it, I haven't quite got there yet George so, I'm only so, four years in but, but so, I'll tell you what it won't be long it's so helpful because God says you're not seeing the whole picture. Uh, yeah. You're just not seeing the whole picture, uh, so, yeah. and, and that really sort of challenges my. So yeah, that's that's a sort of place I go. That sort of place. Yeah, you're going to yeah. take us somewhere different, I'm guessing. I I am, but that I mean that's that, yeah that's wonderful. I was reading um just a really uh, as a uh, aside, I was reading Psalm 18 yesterday, mm-hmm. and the um, David's first words are I love you, Lord, my strength. That kind of helps, doesn't it? That really helps. But yeah, we're going to go somewhere slightly different. Um, we're going to go to Luke 15 and we're going to go to the parable of the prodigal son or the lost son. Mm-hmm. So I thought I would read that to us. Is that uh, is that OK, George, if I That's read great. that to yeah, us? Yeah. Um, so we're in Luke 15 and we're reading from verse 11 from the NIV. Jesus continued, there was a man who had two sons. The younger one said to his father, father, give me my share of the estate. So he divided his property between them. Not long after that, the younger son got together all he had, set off for a distant country and there squandered his wealth in wild living. After he had spent everything, there was a severe famine in that whole country and he began to be in need. So he went and hired himself out to a citizen of that country who sent him to his fields to feed pigs. He longed to fill his stomach with the pods that the pigs were eating but no one gave him anything. When he came to his senses, he said, how many of my father's hired servants have food to spare? And here I am starving to death. I will set out and go back to my father and say to him, father, I have sinned against heaven and against you. I am no longer worthy to be called your son. Make me like one of your hired servants. So he got up and went to his father. But while he was still a long way off, his father saw him and was filled with compassion for him. He ran to his son, threw his arms around him and kissed him. The son said to him, Father, I have sinned against heaven and against you. I am no longer worthy to be called your son. But the father said to his servants, quick, bring the best robe and put it on him. Bring a ring on his, put a ring on his finger and sandals on his feet. Bring the fattened calf and kill it. Let's have a feast and celebrate for this son of mine was dead and is alive again. He was lost and is found. So they began to celebrate. Meanwhile, the elder son was in the field. When he came near the house, he heard music and dancing. So he called one of the servants and asked him what was going on. Your brother has come, he replied, and your father has killed the fattened calf because he was with him, because he has him back safe and sound. The older brother became angry and refused to go in. So his father went out and pleaded with him. But he answered his father, look, all these years I've been slaving for you and never disobeyed your orders. Yet you never gave me even a young goat so I could celebrate with my friends. But when this son of yours who has squandered your property with prostitutes comes home, you kill the fattened calf for him. My son, the father said, you are always with me and everything I have is yours. But we had to celebrate and be glad because this brother of yours was dead and is alive again. He was lost and is found.
So you're probably thinking, what's that got to do with healthy service? Um, uh, I'm hopefully going to explain. Um, so first we've got the younger son. Tell me, George, was the younger son at first interested in serving his dad? Well, I, I think the right answer is no. <laughs> yeah, you're right. Good, good. <laughs> he was only interested in serving himself. It was number one that he was interested in. And he was happy to have his dad serve him without a thought in the world for anyone or anything other than his pleasure mm-hmm. and leisure. Yeah, wild but, living. That's the phrase that stood, stands out to me yeah, every time I hear yeah. that. Yeah, wild I wonder, living. I wonder what it might be. <laughs> <laughs> But in the end, what do we find the younger son doing? Well, in verse 24, he's back with his dad. He's reinstated as his father's son. And they're celebrating in the house together after having what must have been a great feast of steak or or whatever it was. Mm. Why? Well, in verse 17, he came to his senses. But it's what he came to realise that's so helpful for us. And can I just say at this stage that it's not, um, this is not something that um, I thought of all by myself. It's with much help from the book um, Serving Without Sinking by John Hindley, which was really helpful. So I do recommend it. There's a little plug. Yeah, do put, recommend. We'll put uh, 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 that book uh, in, the, in the notes below this podcast so you can find it. Brilliant. Because that's, that's been really helpful. But so the younger son comes to his senses. And what does he realise? He says, how many of my father's hired servants have food to spare? And here I am starving to death. He came to realise his father's not just a kind of um, functionary boss. He doesn't just give his um, servants enough food for that day. He's generous. He's kind. He gives them food to spare. Um, He looks after them so well. And the world around him, well, in verse 16, no one gave him a thing. He couldn't even eat the pods the pigs were eating. So his first thought when coming to his senses is of his father. How much more generous and kind than he is than the world around him. And he wants to go back. And he thinks maybe, just maybe, he'll have me back as one of his hired servants. So he rehearses his speech in verse 18. We've heard it twice. Father, I've sinned against heaven and against you. I'm no longer worthy to be called your son. Make me like one of your hired servants. And then what happens? Well, I know you know what happens, but um, if we had a look at verse 20 again, we see and savour the compassion and the kindness of the father and the generosity. We see the compassion, the father's watching and waiting, longing for his son to return when he's every right to have washed his hands of his son. The father's filled with compassion when he's got every right to be furious the father runs towards his son when he has every right to turn his back. The father throws his arms around him and kisses him when he might well have wanted to kick him. And as the son gives his well-rehearsed speech, hoping upon hope for his father to take pity on him and make him a hired servant. Almost before he can say any more, the father orders the best robe to be brought, a ring to be put on his finger and the fattened calf to be killed. And what does that all mean? Well, he's not being taken back as a hired servant or a hired hand. He's being reinstated as a son. Enjoying once more all the compassion, generosity and kindness of the father. So there you go. That's the first son. But next up, we've got the elder son. Verse 25. 
Um, I feel like you, we should ask. I should ask you a question, George. So here you go. Oh. Here's one. Here's a bit of a random one. Where's the older son, George? Where is he? Yeah, in verse twenty-five. Where do we find him? He's back. He's out. He's, out. he's not. He didn't come in, did he? he? Didn't come into the no. party. He's outside. He's outside. But when we first find him, you're right, George. When we first find him, he's not in a far-flung country, but he's in the field doing. A, on, he's coming home after a hard day's work. And he hears the music and dancing. He says, what's going on? Well, the servant says, your brother's back and your father's killed the fattened calf because he's home safe safe and sound. And now we get a glimpse of the older brother's heart in verse 28. He is furious. And just like you said, George, he refuses to go into the party. He's outside. And once again, we see the father come out Mm. to one of his sons. And once again... The father would rather have his sons inside with him than worry about his dignity. So he runs to his youngest. Uh, he ran to his youngest son and now he's pleading with his older son. The father cares more for them than he cares uh, for his dignity. He's got a kind and generous heart. But whereas the younger brother lapped it up, the older brother's not having any of it. Verse 29. Look, all these years I've been slaving for you and never disobeyed your orders. Yet you never gave me even a young goat so I could celebrate with my friends. But when this son of yours appears, who squandered your property with prostitutes, you kill the fattened calf for him. How does the older son see himself? We hear words like, I've been slaving. Never disobeyed your orders. You never gave me. When this son of yours He doesn't see himself as a son. He sees himself as a slave. Mm. Mm. And yet, what does the father say first in reply? Verse 31, my son. You're always with me. Everything I have is yours. You're not a slave. You're my son. He said that twice now to both sons. And yet, just as he said, George, we don't know if the oldest son goes in. So, all right. We're familiar now with the, the parable of the lost son. But how does this help us build healthy service in our churches? How does just, this help us? Oh, sorry, go on. Yeah, there's just one thing. I, I, it, it hits me right between the eyes when you, you said that. Um, mm. That he's not a servant, he's a son. Because mm. I don't know, you know, in some of the sort of darker moments and think I'm a worthless sinner. Mm. What, what's, what's the point of me? And I said, no, mm. I'm in ministry. I'm a servant of God. I get to serve God. I get to serve him. My job is to be a servant. Mm. And I think, okay, I can make sense of that. Mm. But God comes back and says, no, you're not. You're mm. a son. Mm. And uh, it, it, it's overwhelming, isn't it? It, it is. It's just uh, so much more than, than we could sort of hope for coming from that recognition of our of this sinfulness. Yes. That to be a servant would be much, would be worthwhile, and I, I can yeah. get that. But he comes back and said, "You're a son." And when you sort of say that, the elder son thought he was a servant or mm. a slave. He, he thought like a slave. I wonder exactly. how many of us are thinking like thinking like that, thinking yeah. like we're slaves, and that's a good thing. It's better than being nothing. Mm. But actually, we're not. We're sons. Um, yeah, that, that that really struck me. Yeah, I think that's at the heart of it, George. I think that's at the heart of it. And just, it starts to melt your heart, doesn't it, towards the ministry. And I think so many of us start off 
well, certainly when I became a Christian, I ran into Christian service thinking I'm a son. I'm, I'm, I'd love to do this for God. And then over the years, we kind of forget that and we be, think we're servants. Um, so this is to help us, you and me, but also <laughs> God willing, anyone out there listening and church families as well. Um, so I'm going to this is something that John Hindley does so well in his book. And I just thought it was great. We're going to think about the morning after the party. So there's been this big party and it's uh, uh, the, the youngest son was in. The oldest son, we don't know whether he went in. Um, we're assuming he didn't. Um, and the younger brother wakes up. How do you think he gets out of bed? Question for you, George. I guess just floating on air, really. It just yeah. how, how 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 could this be? Uh, yes. I, I never expected this. It, it, you know, trying to sort of analyse it and make sense of it, but but, but you know, uh, uh, kind of overwhelmed and defying a sense of inner logic. <laughs> yeah. <I'm> really happy. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Absolutely. Floating on air is absolutely right. How do you think he feels about serving his dad? Um, I'm guessing he's not thinking in terms of it as service, but as just a privilege, as just uh, this is he's his son. Yeah. He, he, they're in it together. He's part of the family. Yeah. Uh, it's it's not it's no labour. Yeah, that's really helpful. Um, what about the older brother? How's he getting out of bed and how does he feel about serving his dad? Well, I think he's locked into a, a kind of logic that is so easy to fall into. Um, that it's, it's unfair, the world's so unfair. I've got, I've mm. got the rough end of the deal. How did, how did that work out? What, yeah. Look, look how he's landed. What does that say about me? Look what I've done. What, 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 how's that worked out in me? All these equations going on, all these kind of checks and balances, trying to, trying to, trying to get a sense of value or self worth from trying to work that out, uh, as where where he stands and feeling somehow so sort of he's lost out. Yeah, yeah, it'd be hard for him to get out of bed the next morning. Yeah, absolutely right. Yeah, I think. Uh, do you know what I was thinking? Would he get out of bed? Would he just pull the covers over his head? But I think this guy is so locked into sort of thinking that, uh, you know, he's got to serve his father to get what he wants. But it would be real drudgery that day. Um, so this helps us build healthy serving churches because who we think God is and who we think we are is right at the heart of service with a smile. And I suppose identity, isn't it? It's our identity. Um, that's right at the heart of our service. So if we know God as our generous, gracious, compassionate father who demonstrated his love for us in this, that whilst, George, you and I, whilst we were still sinners, Christ died for us, that Jesus came to seek us and save us before we even came to our senses and he came to serve you and me, giving his life as a ransom for many so that by believing in him we might be called children of God. We were slaves of Satan. We have been redeemed to be sons of God. We've chased after the ways of this world and the ruler of the kingdom of the air. We've wanted God's stuff, but not him. And we were by nature deserving of God's wrath. 
And yet because of God's great love for us, God, who is rich in mercy, made us alive with Christ. It is by grace we've been saved. And if we remember, if we recognise ourselves as sinners deserving of wrath, yet saved by the grace of God and now raised up with Christ as his sons. From sinners and slaves of Satan to sons of God, that is going to. Just like you said, you preempted it, George. You pretty much said it all. But, you, you, you know, just like you said, that is going to transform our service. And it's going to well up in us. The floating on air feeling that will leave us smiling. That's what we want, isn't it? On a Sunday, we all want to be floating into church. Metaphorically, of course. Um, <laughs> and yet, if we think of God as a master whom we work for as a servant... Well, when we see others receiving grace, we'll resent it. Why am I not getting what I deserve? And it's just like the Pharisees that Jesus is speaking to. He wants them to come to their senses the way the younger son did. So our job in establishing healthy serving churches is first and foremost to help our church family members smile. To come to their senses, to see themselves as sinners saved by the grace of God and no longer slaves no longer servants, but sons, even though we've got no right to be, because that's going to get us out of bed to serve with a deep joy in Christ. So next up, we're going to be thinking about what that looks like um, practically. The Fellowship of Word and Spirit Conference blends solid, reformed theology with warm-hearted dialogue. It's a time for respite and encouragement too, as people from all kinds of church ministry gather and share time together. Christian leadership has rightly come under scrutiny in recent times, so this year's FWS conference seeks to take stock of that and reflect on some pertinent questions that arise from the Bible, from theology and from the world today. We're meeting at Cloverley Hall this year, Monday the 31st of January to Wednesday the 2nd of February. Booking is open and you can find more details on the Church Society website. So Mark, you were just about to tell us how well we might go back to our church family and help them smile. Yes, uh, how, exactly. How can, we, how can we help our church family smile? <laughs> <laughs> okay. Um, yeah, so we're thinking about helping people serve with a smile. And I thought the best place to begin is with um, with ourselves. So let's look at ourselves when we, um, we're thinking about trudging into the church building on a Sunday morning. And we're thinking, why is something that we've longed to do, we once longed to do, to serve Jesus by giving our lives to lead his church, but, you know, this is um, this is something that I was thinking before I was in paid ministry as a, as a lay person. I was thinking I want to serve Jesus by giving my whole life um, uh, to serving him. How something that we once longed to do turned into something we have to do and or felt like we've had to do, not wanted to do. Um, and how has the joy been sucked out, the joy that we once had? Um, so that such that we're praying, Lord, just get me through another Sunday, please. <laughs> and, you know, it won't just be us. It'll be, I don't know, it'll be the wardens. It'll be the music group. It'll be whoever it might be. Mm-hmm. 
just get us through another Sunday. So we're all coming together, praying that. Um, so, well, re- we remember what we've learned um, from uh, the parable of the lost son. Who God is and who we are will help us. So God is a generous, gracious, kind father. He's not imposed upon us some servant slave role that we have to do. He has blessed us with a service. Hmm. I think of 1 Timothy chapter 3, verse 1, when uh, Paul writes, whoever aspires to be an overseer desires a noble task. And sometimes you think, gosh, really? <laughs> really? <laughs> but it is. And we place, ourselves, place on ourselves um, burdens and expectations that God doesn't place on us. It is his church, and uh, we don't have to hold it together in our own strength. And we don't have to do it to earn some kind of status with God. We're already his sons. We're not servants who have to do this to gain anything from him. We have it all already. So, that's to help us. But if we're thinking maybe about um, if uh, if you're serving in another capacity, maybe you're leading the service or you're preaching or you're playing in the music group or you're leading um, the children's ministry um, or it could be the coffee and tea or you're welcoming or whatever you might be doing, folding news sheets. Um, Do you still have those? <laughs> it's a debate that's going on. Oh, no. Oh, no. <laughs> oh, no. You've got Do us, we, George. Do we bring them back or not? <laughs> Yes, you're right, actually. We had to have a discussion about that. Um, we have tried to get most of our people... Um, we email it out on a Friday, basically, so most people have it electronically. But there are still a few yeah. who uh, we send it out... Well, we give it to on Sunday mornings. And so, but there is, less, there is less folding, you're right. But let's say you see yourself and you love everyone else to see you as the, um, as the dependable, very good newsletter folder... Um, or that you know you, you're a respected preacher or a good musician or you're very yeah you're, whatever it might be. But then others don't give you the praise that you think you deserve. Mm. Well, a growing resentment sets in. You get grumpy, and have a lack of enthusiasm ensues, and so you'll go there because you know that's your job but you're not getting what you think you deserve and it makes you resentful. So George, just, um, just with what we've learned about who God is and who we are, um, how will that help change someone's attitude? If that's, if God by his Holy Spirit is convicting people right now of list, who are listening to that, this, of that attitude, how does God, how's what we learned, do you think going to help us? Well, I just found the two pictures you gave of the two sons the morning after very helpful. Mm. You know, I want to be the son who's thinking, gosh, I never expected it would be in this position. Mm. I just never dreamt that I would be able to be this. Mm. Uh, and whatever it is that I'm doing is just it's part of this. And how, yeah. how, how can... How can I not enjoy it for whatever it is? You know, yeah. what a cup of tea, Dad! I'll make you a cup of tea. <laughs> yeah, you know? yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, you'd so be happy. down there cooking a fry up already <laughs> yeah, before well, the whatever it is. You know, up. it's yeah. it's it's just great. Here we are. Mm. You know, whereas if I'm if I'm sort of uh, just um, 
embattled in in that kind of war of sort of legalistic logic in my yeah. in my mind you know that says uh, you know am i worth what what i think i'm worth or you know and i'm looking for that the, whatever parameters are <laughs> to, yeah. to, to evidence that somehow i'm I, I what i'm doing is worthwhile based on uh, this sort of understanding of the world that says uh, you know I, I need to do enough to be worthwhile because mm. uh, i'm a servant it's just it's the wrong place to be mm. uh, it and it, it's not I think that was a very helpful picture mm. just to sort of compare those two uh, those two ways of looking at the world of, of who, who we are uh, am I identified by what I do and what people think of it mm. or am I identified because well, I'm just part of this family and this is what we do um, yeah uh, <laughs> uh, you know that 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 that's and uh, I, I think it's really far too easy to just become entrenched in the, the elder son mentality mm. um, just because uh, I, I know Tim Keller wrote that helpful book about you know we can be younger son or, or elder son I think it's much much easier to become elder son because of the way mm. our world works the communication media in our world the way it works we're just bombarded with comparison all the time and we're always thinking am I who am I and am I worthwhile yeah, and, yeah. And, uh, yeah, so that, that's what I that's why I thought was very helpful. Those two pictures. Yeah, absolutely. Thank you. That is that, and it is. It's in our hearts, isn't it? It's our hearts' default to try and work our work our way out to um, work our way up to praise. It starts at school and well, it starts before then. But but yeah, we want to be saying to those people, just as the father went out to the son, and the first words he said to them after the complaint was my son uh, what does he say you're always with me and everything i have is yours and that's what we want to say to them you're not a servant your work does not have to be defined your your worth um is not defined by your work and otherwise it's going to be drudgery but in fact you were a sinner in need of god's grace and rather than being the respectable newsletter folder that you think you are actually you weren't respectable in God's sight. You weren't good enough for God. Mm. And actually your resentment shows that. Um, but yet God in his mercy has given you grace so that you're defined not as a respectable newsletter folder, but as a son of God. And we just pray that that will melt people's hearts. Because then the whole reason for serving flips upside down, doesn't it? And you want to, just as we've been saying, you want to serve for the glory of God and not um, for your own glory and so then if people don't give you glory well you don't mind you're serving for god um yeah i do actually know a story of someone who made a very clear point of taking half an hour to train people how to fold the newsletter properly <laughs> so, so that everything lined up so that was it was i said it would give people the wrong impression of church if it was slightly skewed Oh boy. oh boy i hope they don't come near us <laughs> um wow well yeah hopefully that person was doing it for the glory of god rather than their own but uh i won't uh I don't, yeah maybe that wouldn't engender service with a smile um i also mentioned in the seminar that i was going to talk about people who um uh, who had stopped serving after lockdown and this mm. is really sort of getting drawing towards the end of that, our time but there are those who um 
who've stopped serving after lockdown and how can we help those people serve again? So we've got, we've got, we've thought about ourselves. Um, we've thought about others um, who might be resentful. What about those who actually just aren't serving and don't want to serve? Well, uh, I was thinking there are some who might have stepped down because of health concerns, which might be, it might be right caution, but it might also be anxious reaction. And there'll be others who have stepped down due to a lack of passion for the role, which may be, uh, which may indicate a desire to, they may still have a desire to serve in another capacity, but it may be the fact that, well, I don't know, the world's just seemed a bit more enticing now that they can get back out into it. Um, and church seems a little bit less, and they've got out of the habit of gathering weekly. Um, yeah, yeah I, I, it, it, there is a sort of, I haven't seen all these people for years, so mm. I don't know if you're having this, but it, there's a there's a bit of a thinning out at the weekends because people are just going around visiting people they haven't seen. Yeah, and, uh, yeah. And, um, it's, it's, it is just a thing, isn't it? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I, yeah, I, I, I don't see them in church, but I see what they're doing on social media. So, yeah, we know. <laughs> Try not to look at that on a Sunday. It's a bit discouraging. But, <laughs> but same question to them as to us and to those uh, who are serving with kind of resentment, which I suppose might be us as well. But those same questions. Um, what have we learned about who God is and what have we learned about ourselves that will help us in this situation? So some who might have stepped down because of health concerns which might be a right caution um if they're seeing themselves uh, as by uh, if they're sorry if they're seeing god as a gracious compassionate generous father and themselves as sinners who have been set free to be sons of god well even if they can't fulfill the role that they once were there will be and still be a there, there still will be the will to serve in a capacity. Maybe that's just praying. Um, and I say just praying. That would be a wonderful thing for more people. I shouldn't just say just praying. But in, in the sense of maybe they can't get out of the house. Maybe they're still isolated. Um, there will still be that bubbling up of desire to serve. There will still be service with a smile. Maybe it's an anxious reaction. Well, if God is a generous and gracious father and you're his son, forever maybe that will help steady an anxious heart and enable you to step out boldly in service trusting in him because you trust him his generous godly character and if there are those who have stepped down due to a lack of passion for the role uh well again if it's a desire to serve in another capacity that will bubble up with service and a smile but if there's if it's a desire if there's no desire anymore no passion for the role um, I don't know, because maybe they've they've just gotten out of the habit of week, uh, meeting or like you and I've said, have the, the world has opened up again and it seems very <laughs> enticing now. Um, then surely helping them fix their eyes on Christ. Oh, sorry, on who God is again, reminding them of what he's done for them in Christ. Will help them come to their senses again mm. and well up in them a passion. Mm. Um I think it's a it's a really really helpful focus, uh, especially from compared to what you were talking about at the beginning, where you know we're trying to start up again, and so the first thing we all think about is right, what you know, what programs are we going to start again? Yes. Uh, yeah. What, what what are we going to you know the, the classic questions we're all asking what's what's going to continue, what's going to stop, and what's going to start up, and we're very pr- programmatic in that. Yes. And a question you're saying we should be asking is. 
how can we just uh, get get to know God uh, yeah. more, more uh, sort of grow in our in our love of God? How can we help? Now we can see each other face to face. How can we help one another love God more? Yeah, uh, that's what we want. So, and that would change what we do. Exactly. It would yeah. change uh, how we plan things. Yeah. It will change how we do PCCs. You know, it will change how we, just how we operate. You know, because we're just trying to say, here's an individual, or here's a group of individuals, uh, and here's where they are. How do we get them to to experience and love God more? What what what's the thing that'll help them do that? Uh, not how can we kind of move them on uh, and get them serving. George, that's that is it in a nutshell, because that will bring out a service with a smile, won't it? Mm. And um, uh, but you know, it's interesting as you've been saying, as you were saying that, as I've worked through this, I've just reminded myself of how I have been thinking. How? What do we start? What do we stop? <laughs> what do we? What do we begin? You know. Um. So I, you know, I just need to go back and listen to this too, and listen yeah. to myself too, in that in that sense, and um help lead lead our church through this uh, how do we do it practically here are just some ways that i thought well i mean first of all if it is a heart change that we long for in ourselves and in the church family members that we serve well we want to be praying for them so praying for god to change our hearts and the hearts of the people we're serving and to the the people that are you know our church family members who are serving so that we grasp again god's gracious character what he's done for us in Christ. And we, we realize we're now his sons. Um, so we could pray. We could preach on healthy service so that our church families hear again who God is and who they are. I think that we'll, you know, I still need to do a, a, a lot of this really, pastoring church family members individually, helping them, um, helping them see this or, or hearing from them where they are, why they might be reticent. Um, and having at the back of my mind as I speak to them, what are they thinking about who God is and who they are, and then working from there. Um, I thought we could put Serving Without Sinking by John Hindley on the reading list, um, so that would be a good one. Um, and then only after that, then we can maybe plan a programme or think about a uh, time and talent <laughs> course. Maybe we don't even need to. Maybe we don't want to go there. But... Um, uh, yeah, you know, that you would got be... me. Um, when I first heard you uh, on this topic, um, it re- I mean, it really struck me. Obviously, about the sort of servant, something that really hit mm. me. But also, you know, the programs and time and talent survey, and uh, you know, and sort of kind of getting stuff on the ground, sort of response. Mm. Made me think about that. And and one of the things that I've been reflecting on is, you know. When you talk to the people who you plan things with, whether that's the wards, the PCC, or, or the kind of strategy group, or whatever it is, yeah, uh, some of us have leadership teams, don't we? Isn't that yeah. that's a thing? <laughs> yeah. uh, whoever, whatever you, you know, and you sort of review what you're going to do, you've done, and re- and look ahead at what you're going to do, and it's all the sort of things, you know, mm. the, uh, this outreach and, and that and that uh, that ministry and this service, yeah. And um, I wonder whether we should sort of rather than list all those things, is just go through a list of the people who attend church and talk about where they are mm. and and how they're doing and, and what might help them. Uh, yes. And so, and if you've got, you know, maybe sort of a dozen a week or half a dozen a week or something like that, and so that you sort of keep going around them. 
Yeah. I, I remember Mark Dever used to do that. I think he probably still does. Mm. Uh, and he had hundreds in his congregation. But you go through each one, and so mm. that you uh, um, have an idea of what what we are as a church family, and mm. how where we are in our love of God. Yes. Uh, and uh, and we often do that with people outside the church. What are they like? What, what what's going to kind of connect with them and how do we um, equip the disciples in this church to meet that target yes. uh, and and really even that's wrong-headed isn't it it's not wrong-headed that we want to reach them mm. but if we have got a load of people who love jesus and are on fire for him that'll mm. just happen mm. Mm. absolutely <laughs> uh, and and so we should really and, and it's it, it, if a conservative evangelicals were so sort of kind of activist we perhaps yeah. haven't been as people oriented as we we, uh, discipleship oriented in, on, on a personal level as we we, we, we should be and mm. just thinking about how people are doing yeah and how they're growing in jesus and, and what and it might just be something as simple as a, oh that, you know that one needs a phone call yes or, you know perhaps we could put these two people together they could probably encourage each other yes uh, or, or that just personal dynamic uh, in in growing in godliness uh, that, you know that's what that's one of the things that sort of started going in my mind and i've tried it a bit mm. from from hearing what you said the first time i heard it mm. that's really helpful george um maybe uh, i should have talked to you before the seminar but it's funny <laughs> isn't it because um we talk about who god is and who we are in christ and it warms our hearts and we talk about programs and time and talent surveys and, and we feel like failures <laughs> <laughs> and our heads drop <laughs> and our hearts sink and as you know, as I sort of mentioned that, I thought there must be a better way. In the back of my mind, I was thinking there must be a better way. And I think, George, you, I mean, you know, each church will have to decide for themselves. But helping individuals know and love God better and understand better who they are in Christ. Well, it's going to it doesn't sound like drudgery. It sounds exciting and um, and it will excite them. And like you say, the service will bubble up. It'll be service with a smile. Um, that's a great idea and <laughs> hey that's that's where we can finish we finish no, on your great think, idea George no, no, I don't think it's my great idea it's something <laughs> you helped me to uh, you, you helped me to think about and I still haven't yeah. really got my head around but it's just it's a trajectory that thinking like this has, has set yeah. me on I, I think it's helpful but yeah. Mark thank you thank you again uh, just uh, it's been great to chat through this and to hear hear, hear this and uh, I, I'm I'm just so uh so encouraged once again to, to hear the way you've uh, just interpreted that, that parable. I think it's it's hit, it's such a familiar parable, mm. and, and and such a familiar problem, and, and yes. to put those two things together, <laughs> <laughs> and, uh, and, and, and with with a, such a simple title, uh, I, I'm I'm very grateful. Thank you very much for your time, and thank you everybody for listening. Uh, if you want to get in touch and, and talk about this more, you, you're welcome to get in touch with, with me if you live in the north uh, or with one of our regional <laughs> directors. We'd love to help you and encourage you uh, with service, with a smile in, 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 your, in your local church. But for now, thank you for listening. Thank you so much for listening to this episode of the Church Society podcast. You can find the whole podcast archive on our website, churchsociety.org. Don't forget to subscribe to us on your usual podcast app. And we'd love it if you were able to leave a review or give us a rating over there as well. Mm-hmm.